<laughs> Hello, regular Drews. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to episode 46. Yes, today we're discussing Nancy Drew Diaries number 13. The Ghost of Grey Fox Inn. Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew? We sure hope so, and we hope you are too. Join us as we talk Nancy Drew cover to cover and click to click. Welcome to Regular Nancy Drew. This was published in 2016. Again, we're just getting closer and closer to today. Oh, I wonder when the next one is going to be released. I feel like they've probably already announced the title of it, like the newest. Oh my gosh, okay. I'm looking it up immediately. Now that we know how good these are, it's going to be hard not to like try to keep up Just with the most current keep going. ones. Always buy the newest one when it comes out. Um, weird. Okay, so the last one, oh, I guess, huh. The last one that came out was 23, The Blue Lady of Coffin Hall, and that was January 2022. Typically, they do two books a year, looks like. Um, there was two in 2019, two in 2020, two in 2021. But unless one's going to come out soon. Maybe it has and the list just isn't updated. Maybe. So um, Nancy Drew Diaries Captain Stone's Revenge, number 24, which is takes place in Vermont. Okay, nice. Very, very cool looking. Is it out already or is that the next? No, it's not out. It comes out uh, in January. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, When a family friend Grace opens a sailing club on Lake Champlain at the former site of the Gemstone Islands Resort, Nancy, Bess, and George are invited to enjoy a few days of boating before the club's official grand opening. When they arrive, they learn there have been some strange things happening on the property, from missing items to holes dug all over the yard. Someone trying to sabotage the club, and could it have anything to do with the fire that destroyed the old resort 20 years ago? Mm. Nancy tries to pry information from the tight-lipped locals, all clues lead back to Captain Richard Stone, the enigmatic Revolutionary War-era pirate whose tavern once stood on the same site as the resort and sailing club. Legend has it that Captain Stone's ghost still haunts the property, guarding the treasure he buried there. But it isn't a ghost that punches a hole in Nancy's sailboat, leaving her and the girls to sink in the middle of the lake when an unexpected summer storm rolls in. That sounds excellent. That looks fun. Gonna have to read that one. Oh, they just, they all look so good. You know? Truly. Truly. But anyway. After hit, Yes. (laughs) we're here today to talk about the ghost of great fox and very different book um i loved it what did you think Corey? it was excellent i loved it as well i took very few notes because yeah no it's no just good it's wonderful yes i think so overall because i think my last favorite one was the one we just did was um the red slippers, red slippers. um that was my last favorite one I don't know if this has firmly taken the place of it because the the thing that I loved the most about this was how beautifully it was written. Oh yeah. Like the descriptive language used in this book was just top tier yeah. and definitely in a different a different way, which definitely makes me think it was a different author for this one mm-hmm. um than the others. But the story overall, I feel like was probably better as like far as like plot and um, like theme 
was better yeah. in red slippers. So I don't know. I don't know if this one quite supplants that one. They're just kind of like on the same level for me, I think. I think. The setting was also spectacular. Yeah. Beautiful. Mean, yeah. Not necessarily just Charleston, South Carolina, which is where the book was set, but the Gray Fox Inn specifically sounds like an incredibly perfect place to set a mystery. Yeah. Especially with the secret passageways. Uh-huh. We'll get to, of course, but. Of course. That right there probably gives it a, an additional flashlight just it's on its true. own. Just there's it's hidden true. passageways in this gorgeous old building, this gorgeous old haunted building. So yeah, yeah, love it. Oh, <laughs> oh, and yeah, there's just nothing. There's nothing more classic than a haunted inn is mm. there in a Nancy oh, yeah. Drew book. There's nothing oh, yeah. better than that. Yeah. That's like just so iconic. <sighs> the book was a good length, but the entire time I was just like, oh, I wish there was more of it. Like. just want to keep reading yeah yeah okay so three words oh Oh, okay this is hard well i guess haunted in we'll just go haunted haunted in in. as one phrase um sabotage sabotage and like you know big wedding or Mm. something yeah yeah excellent are you ready to just jump right in? Because I am very excited to talk about this one. Yes, I am. I want to say... Oh, no. We'll save it for the end. We'll save it for after. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we start off this book and our girls are in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, Bess is going to be a bridesmaid at her cousin Charlotte's wedding. This is on the other side of the family than George. So this girl is no relation to George. Just to back. Um, Charlotte is marrying a famous, very attractive newscaster apparently. Um, (laughs) interesting. Okay. Um, and the wedding is going to be like this big deal apparently and being covered by like lots of news, lots of press. It's like, everybody knows this is happening. It's the wedding of the year, right? That's the vibe. Um, and Bess, uh, obviously is going to be a bridesmaid and she was allowed to bring both George and Nancy as her plus ones. And they're all making like this fun weekend trip out of it. It's very convenient. Bess yeah, gets very, two plus ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Bess is, of course, very excited about this because it's a celebration of love. And, you know, Bess gets to wear a pretty dress, all the things Bess loves. George is, of course, less excited about this. But she did do a lot of research on Charleston and its history. And she's excited to explore Charleston. And she does mention to Nancy that the place they're staying is supposedly haunted. Oh, hmm. Um, So they get to their accommodation, which is the Gray Fox Inn, and they meet Charlotte, who seems already right off the bat like something is up. She's anxious and she's pale, but she just chalks it up to like wedding stress and, you know, jitters and she's got a lot of stuff going on right now. Um, So after greeting them, she just excuses herself to go take care of wedding stuff. Um, They head inside the Gray Fox Inn and then they witness... (laughs) No, <laughs> the most painfully awkward in-law meeting of all time, um, because Parker, Charlotte's fiance's parents, wait, Parker's parents, the Hills, are very stereotypically Southern. And Parker is Charlotte's fiance, if I didn't say that before. Um, so like his mom's got like big hair. They're very touchy feely, all that stuff. And they're just not jiving well with the Goodwins, who are Charlotte's parents, who are from Connecticut, much more reserved. They're both clearly very wealthy. (laughs) Uh, Both of these people seem to come from wealth, um, but they just do not 
get along. There's like a serious culture clash situation. This is a um, great scene to read, I have to say. <laughs> it is. Nancy like tries to like, you know, make small talk and like try to get the topic off of like whatever awkwardness is going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mrs. Hill just makes a comment about Nancy's red hair being like bad luck. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Um, and Parker, who we also meet, is like, no, sorry, Nancy, just ignore her. Um, she's just very superstitious. Um, and that's something that's going to keep coming up a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, they have like this um, clash about how expensive the inn is because um, Charlotte's parents are paying for the inn. Mm-hmm. Um, but the um, Parker's parents, uh, the Hills, are all like, this place isn't nice enough or whatever. Um, and the the Goodwins are like, yikes, like they're the ones who picked this place and we're paying a fortune and blah, 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 blah. Ah! Yeah. (laughs) So awkward. So awkward. So everyone like leaves this. They're like, you know what? We out. Um, and the girls go check in. (laughs) Um, and they meet the owner, John William Ross. George asks him, Hey, is it true? This place is haunted. And he says they haven't had reports of ghostly activity in a long time. Aw, dang. Darn. Darn. George is disappointed. Um, but then the girls head upstairs. They go to their respective rooms because apparently they all get separate rooms. This is just... These girls live such a cush life. Um, and <laughs> they agree to meet downstairs for dinner in a little bit. And just as Nancy, after she gets settled in her room, goes to head downstairs, she's exiting her room and she hears a scream pierce the air. And it's coming from the bridal suite. So Nancy runs over there, she bangs on the door, but the screaming has stopped, and then there's no answer. Charlotte will not come open the door. So she goes downstairs and runs into Charlotte's sister, Piper, and her boyfriend, Morgan. Um, And Piper sends Morgan to bust down the door, (laughs) which he does, and they find Charlotte lying unconscious on the floor. Oh. My God. When I read this, I was like, holy crap. Yeah, We are really starting off with some serious shit here. Like, Hit the ground unconscious? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's just, that's like a serious, that's a serious injury for a Nancy Drew book, you know? But she does come to pretty quickly, and she explains to them that as she was getting out of the shower, she came over to the dresser to get her glasses. But before she was able to put them on, like, in the mirror above the dresser, she saw, like, behind her a dark shadow, like, shadow of a figure. And it seems to be wearing some kind of uniform. So she spins around to, like, look and see who this is, but she must have slipped and she hit her head on the bedpost as she fell. And so she was knocked unconscious. Shout out to Bess in this scene, though, because she's the only one that takes a head injury seriously. Seriously, she's like... like, Call the doctor or call our <laughs> uncle who is a doctor. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, go best, go best. Yeah. Nancy kind of implies that it might be because she wasn't wearing her glasses and because of all the stress that she was under that she saw this and got freaked out. Like it could have been a trick of the light or something. But Charlotte is very adamant about what she saw. There was definitely somebody there. And then, yeah, she's getting checked out by her uncle who is a doctor. Um, and George mentions to Nancy that it seems like the end might be haunted after all. Ooh, yeah. Yay. <laughs> um, 
Because we also know that the door was locked and Nancy was like right in the hallway, right outside the door when she screamed. So there doesn't seem to be any way someone could have left the room after Charlotte, you know, was knocked unconscious. Um, also the, the window in the room outside of it is a massive drop. So it doesn't seem like someone could have left that way. So if there really was someone in her room, where did they go? Mm. Must be a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> um, then another awkward, see, this is, I think why I like this book so much. It's just like, so accurate of like the awkwardness of weddings right. because, oh, yeah. Right after, like, Charlotte comes to after she's checked out and everything, and Piper and Morgan are obviously in the room after, you know, having burst down the door or whatever, we learn that Piper didn't tell Charlotte she was bringing Morgan. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, Charlotte didn't even know that, like, Morgan existed. Right. And she's like, oh, yeah, my date. And Charlotte's like, you didn't tell me you were bringing a date. I don't have, she's, you know, she's like, I didn't plan for this. Um, but she very graciously is like, I'll make room at the bridal party table for him. Yeah. Very nice. Very kind. Yeah. Um, we also learn a little bit more about Piper in this scene. She's Charlotte's older sister, also apparently like a supermodel. Um, but she's, you know, hashtag humble about it. <laughs> um but she's pretty much Charlotte's opposite in every way, where Charlotte is like bookish and brainy. Um, and like, you know, only interested in academics. Um, Piper is very much social butterfly, you know, very, you know, beauty queen, beauty pageant, all that stuff. So they're very different. Um, and Bess also mentions that they didn't get along very much as kids because of all their differences. Um, as they're leaving, Charlotte looks like super drained from all this. Of course, she just had a massive head injury, basically. Um, and she's like begs everyone not to say a word, tell anybody about what's happened because she doesn't want Parker's mom getting worried and superstitious about like this whole ghost business. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they promise, of course, yeah, we won't say anything. And they all head downstairs to cocktail hour, a cocktail hour. We meet Tucker Matthews, a groomsman and a coworker of Parker makes a very interesting comment about how Parker has all of the luck. Like, regarding his, like, fame, wealth, and his intelligent fiancé. Mm-hmm. Seems like Tucker might be a little jealous of Parker. Also, what is with these names? I'm it's sorry. It's the South. It's the South. <laughs> Tucker? Parker? Uh-huh. Charlotte, I get. Piper? I don't know. More Like, it's just, it's just like, mm-hmm. all these names are very, very odd to me. But, yeah, yeah. I guess it makes sense that it's, we're in South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Nancy decides to head up to bed. And then she is dead asleep in her bed when something wakes her up at like three in the morning. And there is a dark figure standing at the foot of her bed. <gasps> so then Nancy jumps up out of bed, yells at this guy to stay back, notices his uniform is blue. And I was like, oh, geez. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this This is the part. This, I had just gotten to this part when we were recording last episode. And this is where what I was talking about being like, I just got to something that I'm worried about. Oh, okay. <laughs> is this. I was like, this is going to be a Civil War thing, isn't it? And I'm like, oh, God. I mean, it's not, but, not that, but they don't dwell it, on it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, talk about, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, 
So she notices his uniform is blue. She turns to pick up the vase on her nightstand to like chuck it at him. <laughs> Nancy, jeez. Um, and then when she turns back around, he's gone. Hmm. Hmm. Very spooky. I love it. I love yes, it. I love it. Yes. I love it. I love oh. it. Oh, peak Nancy Drew. But of course, she immediately jumps into action, checking all the doors and the windows. They're all locked. She looks in the closet. He's not in the closet. Where did he go? What is going mm. on? Nancy goes out into the hall to check just in case he was able to make it out into the hall some way. Um, where she startles George. Because <laughs> George had just gotten up to get something to drink. Um they both go back into Nancy's room to investigate and they find some like ash on the floor, which is weird because it's like summertime. It's hot. It's South Carolina. No one's using the fireplaces right now. Um, so why, where would that come from? Right. Um, they resolve to investigate more in the morning cause it's three and they're tired and they both go back to sleep or at least they try to. Nancy does not get a lot of rest that night. Mm. <laughs> Um, bright and early, Nancy hears voices from downstairs, and after venturing down, she hears that she was not the only person to experience supernatural occurrences last night. Others say they saw doors slamming on their own, a shelf of books falling to the floor. Everyone agrees, like, this place is haunted AF. Yeah. <laughs> um, and of course, Mrs. Hill is super upset after her hearing all of this, and she loudly proclaims, we definitely should have chosen a different hotel. And yeah, and the Goodwins, again, are annoyed about this because they picked this hotel and it's very awkward. Um, it also kind of seems like this may be Mrs. Hill just using this as an excuse to call out the Goodwins for being cheap. Right. Um, like kind of publicly. Um, and so it's very tense, um, this exchange. Uh, Charlotte comes down as well and is clearly overwhelmed by everything going on, everything everyone is talking about. So Bess decides to whisk her away, get her out of there so they can go focus on getting stuff done for the wedding. Um, so all the girls go with Charlotte to help her. Um, they head to the bakery to drop off charms for the charm cake, which is apparently this southern custom where you bake charms into a cake um, with like ribbons attached to them and... I've done that the before wedding. at a wedding. You've done that before? Mm -hmm. I've never done yeah. that. That's very I got cool. To pull a, I got a uh, margarita glass was my charm. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. Cute. It is fun. Um, yeah. yeah, and then all of the bridesmaids pull a charm. Or is it the whole bridal party? I don't know. Uh, it depends on the wedding. It's usually yeah. like the bridesmaids, yeah. Sure, yeah. Um, so they do that and then they go to the florist to drop off a check, but the florist, um, or at the florist, the man who's working says that the check that she has is not enough to cover the cost of all of the floral arrangements. He said that you changed the color of the roses yesterday to yellow. So the price went up, but Charlotte says, wait, I never called you. I never did that. I never changed the color to yellow and yellow roses are supposed to be supposedly bad luck at a wedding because they can represent jealousy and infidelity. And so she would never have done that. Like she would never have done that. Um, and so like with this and like all the haunting stuff, it seems like someone might actually be trying to sabotage Charlotte's wedding. And Nancy, of course, promises to get to the bottom of it. <laughs> of course. How could she of not? <laughs> this is an ace Drew book after all. Yes. <laughs> 
So they are going to get right to work on this mystery right after they go sightseeing. Um, this is a vacation after all. Cannot miss the beach, so we have to go do that first. Uh, but later that night, they run through a list of their potential suspects. So far, we have two on our list. Uh, Mr. Goodwin, so Charlotte's dad, who has constantly voiced his unhappiness with the amount of money that they're spending on the wedding. Um, he blames Parker's parents for it, so maybe in a roundabout way, he's trying to like sabotage the wedding to hurt his parents. Kind of a stretch, but whatever. And then, of course, Tucker Matthews, the groomsman, who we don't know very much about, but Nancy says his comments from the previous evening are enough to um, have him end up on the list. Um, that night is the rehearsal dinner, so they all start getting ready for that. Um, on the way back to Nancy's room, she sees Piper and Morgan walking past. Um, they're, like, walking down the hall, but then a maid comes out of one of the rooms, and they walk past her. Um, and the maid's name is Annabelle. We see her name tag and she like kind of stops them and asks Morgan it, like, Hey, do I know you from somewhere? You look really familiar. And, um, Piper is like, just kind of pushes past and hustles, hustles away. And Morgan's like, um, no, of course not. And they both kind of scurry off and it's just super weird. So it, Nancy's like, is that like an old girlfriend or is mm -hmm. that, you know, like, is he up to something? <laughs> this is kind of weird. Um, who knows, but whatever it's time to go to the church for the rehearsal so um we get there and we meet alicia who's another one of the bridesmaids she's an old college friend of charlotte's and they actually studied history together um it, we learn that she's a little bit resentful about what ha what's happening or at least she seems to be a little bit resentful um she mentions that it could have been her up there at the altar with so parker weird. because um they were all there on the same day that uh, charlotte and parker met because Parker was doing a news thing at the historical society where Charlotte and Alicia were, were was it an internship or were they working at the time? They were doing I something. Think, I think they might've been still in school. I don't know. Right. I, I don't know, but I find this so weird. Yeah. They <laughs> mentioned that bizarre. Charlotte's a grad student. So I kind of just assumed that it was oh, part of her, her school or it. something that they're yeah, working at yeah, this yeah, historical yeah. society. But Parker comes to do like a, news segment for it and mm -hmm. alicia like er, not just alicia we meet reggie later and he's also yeah. involved with introducing them but yeah. basically alicia's there when when they met so she's like oh it could have been me um <laughs> that day except i had to like leave early because i was sick so i didn't get to hang out with parker whatever that's just crazy that's just crazy <laughs> who thinks that way it's really like, weird <laughs> oh well i c you know your fiance could have chosen me had I it's not like, been out sick? <laughs> no, very clearly there's a reason why. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's just weird. It's just yeah. so weird. <laughs> who, who thinks that way about their friend's, like, partner? Like, your partner could have chosen me. Right. No, because, because clearly they're attracted to them and not you. Like, right. they would have chosen. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> weird. Anyway. It's a very weird way of thinking, and we also learned that Charlotte won a grant that Alicia had also applied mm. for, and so there's yeah. a little bit of, like, animosity there as well. All right. Well, uh, we get the rehearsal started, but Mrs. Hill will not let Charlotte participate because she thinks that it's bad luck for the bride to walk down the aisle before her wedding day. Whatever. Also so weird. <laughs> very weird. So everybody's, like, lined up, and Bess is like, oh, Nancy can stand in for oh Charlotte. Oh, my God. And Nancy is super embarrassed. She does it willingly. There's kind of a funny scene where Bess and George are like taking pictures of Nancy, like in the 
the veil and everything. She puts on like a fake veil and fake flowers or uh, holds a fake bouquet to walk down the aisle with. And George is like taking a bunch of pictures. Like, don't worry, I'm sending these to Ned. Like, <laughs> This is so awkward. This is also awkward. And I think that's why I love this book so much. It just adds to the awkwardness of weddings. Like, can you imagine the internal cringe you would feel? If you had to walk down the aisle, like as a bride, when it's not your wedding. Right. <laughs> oh my God. That's so strange. It's so bad. Oh, oh. <laughs> poor Charlotte. Poor, poor Charlotte. I know. Oh. Yeah. And Charlotte's just like having to stand in the back and watch all this it's... happen. Because <laughs> her so mother-in-law awkward. won't let her do anything. What the f- <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, so they finish that up. They go to the rehearsal dinner itself where they meet Marsha, who is a production assistant at Parker's news channel. And Nancy starts asking her about Tucker. Uh, Marsha tells her that Tucker and Parker were both vying for the, the primetime news anchor job at the same time. And of course, Parker ended up getting it. So Tucker is a little bit, um, maybe not jealous, but he's, he's bummed that he got relegated to the night shift, uh, anchor job rather than the yeah. the primetime one that he really wanted um and he's like he's a good sport about it but you can tell that he is pretty upset that he lost out on it we also overhear another guest saying that they're missing a bracelet and there's a little joke that maybe the ghost took it mm. yeah. okay um nancy goes to she goes out in the hallway for some reason and ends up outside of the coat room where she hears the goodwins arguing um they're in there talking about money <laughs> this is so awkward we end up learning that the reason that mr goodwin is so upset over the cost of the wedding is because he actually just lost money and lost a lot of money in the stock market last week um and so he really just like doesn't have the extra money to be throwing cash at this wedding and he's only just now telling mrs goodwin about it and so she's a little like come on why did you not tell me that this is what's going on um, so this makes Nancy decide that Mr. Goodwin actually shouldn't be on the suspect list because it's just his bad mood is just down to his misfortunes and not that he, you know, hates Parker, or hates the Hill family and wants to get back at them. It really is just that he's, you know, he's already spent this money and he's kind right. of kicking himself now because he could have saved the money that they needed or whatever. Yeah. But he does genuinely seem to want the best for his daughter. Um, we do at this point. We do meet Reggie, who was also working at the Historical Society when Parker and Charlotte met. Um, he is the best man, and he gives a little toast to everyone. It's very, very sweet. And even George starts tearing up a little bit, mm-hmm. I believe, when he starts talking about Charlotte and Parker. After dinner wraps up, Nancy, Bess, and George go over to thank Charlotte for dinner. And while they're at her table, someone comes over and is like, "Hey, this gift just got delivered for you." Um, and everyone kind of gathers around her because they think it's a wedding gift. And she's like, oh, I, you know, I'll open it tomorrow. And they're like, no, Charlotte, it's just one gift. Open it tonight. Wouldn't it oh be God. fun? Um, so she's like, okay, sure. And and Piper's like, really like, open it, open it. Let's go. And she does open it. Um, and it is a knife, a hunting oh knife in this little box. God. And it's got a note attached in big block letters saying, it should have been me. Oh my god. Oh, amazing. Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> um Nancy starts to make a lot of notes about this this gift. It definitely seems like this whole jealousy over the wedding thing is is the motive here with whatever is going on. 
um, she automatically is like, okay, well, this makes Tucker and Alicia both pretty high up on the suspect list now. She also notes that the package that the knife came in was like expertly wrapped, absolutely beautiful, this big bright yellow bow on it, and even smells like really nice. She says that, oh, because it's yellow, it reminds me of the yellow flower thing. Maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody just really likes yellow. And so it's a, a common thing here. Maybe it's the same person. So at this point, Charlotte is obviously super upset and Bess and George whisk her off upstairs to try to just like get her to calm down and go get, go get some rest before the big day tomorrow. Parker's mom starts making a scene about how a knife as a wedding gift is extra bad luck, and now this means the whole wedding is ruined, basically. Parker tries to calm her down, but clearly he's a little bit rattled by this as well. Nancy stays a little bit after the dinner to help clean up and then heads back to the inn with everyone. She's able to like calm Mrs. Hill down a little bit, soothe her nerves, and she apologizes to Parker um, about getting her so worked up and then she goes back upstairs once they're at the end to meet Bess and George and then they hear a shout from Parker coming from his room so they all race back downstairs and he opens his door and tells them that the wedding rings are missing ah so many screams oh, in this book lots of screams lots of screams and jealousy jealousy should have been one of our three words oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so Parker shows Nancy where he was keeping the rings. They were in this metal lock box with like this combination lock on it. Um, and the combination lock had been removed. So Nancy remarks that it could have been done by anyone with a paperclip in the internet. <laughs> Good to know. Not a super secure lock. Have you ever seen the lock picking lawyer? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. That's exactly what I thought of when the scene came around. Right. Um, <laughs> Um, Parker says, but the, the door and the windows were bolted when I got back. I have no idea how someone would even get into the room to break into this box. Mm. Again, weird. How is somebody getting into rooms? Um, but he also tells us the rings have been in his family for six generations and worth like six figures. Ooh. <laughs> Holy crap. Those are some expensive rings. Yeah. Um, but they tell Parker, hey, don't tell anybody yet. We're going to investigate this. We're going to get the rooms back. Or the rooms back. The rings back. Don't worry. Um, but Nancy does kind of, like, imply as well that, like, without these rings, the wedding can't go on. Why which is, is this the attitude? Weird. I noticed I don't this get a that. few times. They're like, well, I guess the wedding is yeah, off. We can't. Yes, it's off. We can't move forward. But it's like, okay, you can definitely get married without rings. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you definitely, you don't have to have a ring to be married. And also, right. if it really meant that much to you, you could borrow someone else's rings. Right. Or get just, like, stand-in rings or, you a know. A string, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you it's can still like have you really the ceremony. The whole, yeah, the whole placing of the ring on the finger. You could do that. It, instead, they're just like, oh, guess we can't be together anymore. Like, <laughs> like, someone actually cannot stop you from getting married. Like, legally, unless it's that you're already married to someone else, someone cannot legally prohibit you from marrying someone, or, or if you're too young. A minor, yeah. Right. <laughs> someone can't legally, legally prohibit you from getting married to someone. Like It's you, not you about the ranks. That's not a prerequisite. You don't have to have a venue. You don't have to have flowers. You don't have to have rings. 
think you need a witness and or an officiant and a uh-huh. piece of paper. That's uh-huh. it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, anyway. Uh, so the girls head up to Nancy's room and she's like, okay, I know that there was someone in my room. Someone's getting into rooms that's not using the hallway. We have to figure this out. We're going to figure this out. Um, so they are like thoroughly investigating Nancy's room. They're looking in the closet. They're looking for hidden doors or whatever. They're getting frustrated because they're not finding anything. And George even like lightly bangs her head against the wall in frustration. And it's this right after George does this, they hear like this, the, the thump of George's head against the wall makes a different sound. And Nancy's like, hang on a second. George? (laughs) And she goes over and knocks on the wall, and it's hollow. They have found a secret passage. Yay! (laughs) Yes! Yes. Um, She has to hunt around to find the latch a little bit, but of course she does, and the secret passageway opens. So they, of course, explore it, and they find tons of, uh, like, different access points to guest rooms, including Charlotte's room, Piper Morgan's room, Parker's room, Alicia's room, and Tucker's room. Uh, and then when they get to Tucker's room, they actually overhear him like talking on the phone to someone, and he's like all gleeful and like very happy about like this knife incident. He thinks it's hilarious, um, and he's very clearly like happy that Parker is like going through this crap. Um, he's about to like say something more about who did it, like who he thinks sent the knife. But at that moment, Bess screams (laughs) because there is a mouse climbing up her shirt. I would scream too. Ah! Oh my God. I would, I would, I don't know what I would do. I think I might go into full cardiac arrest (laughs) if I saw a mouse climbing me. Um, But luckily... I don't know how, but luckily Tucker brushes off this noise. He hears it, but he's like, must have been something downstairs. Um, but he changes the subject and never elaborates on what he was going to say before. Um, the mouse makes it all the way up to Bess's shoulder. Yeah. And George has to, like, pluck it off her shoulder. <laughs> oh, my God. I just have to say, I props to Bess because yeah i would be letting out so much more than a scream if a mouse climbed all the way up to my <laughs> shoulder and was like inches from my face yeah can you imagine i would i, I, I would lose it like in a big way there would be cursing yeah. i would be running there mm-hmm. i would be like stop dropping and rolling on the floor <laughs> like and take all your clothes off and just chuck and them go, as far away from yeah, you as possible. I would go bathe in Lysol. <laughs> it is kind of a funny scene, though, because as soon as Nancy realizes it, both Nancy and Bess just look at George and are like, well, George, are you going to handle <laughs> this or it. not? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Also, like... Mice carry diseases, man. I re- we remember this from Ghost Dogs and Moonlight. Yes, we do. <laughs> you gotta wear gloves when you deal with deer mice, because otherwise you'll catch toxo something, and you'll die. You can die. <laughs> what was it that they have, like norovirus or something? I don't know. <laughs> it's not norovirus. It's Probably definitely not, not norovirus. No. But something, yeah, something bad. <laughs> um, Ugh, sorry, anyway. <laughs> no. no. Um, 
but so they're, they continue to explore the passageway a little bit. Um, and they also find a bag and inside the bag, there is a uniform, a Mm. blue uniform looks to be the uniform that the quote unquote ghost was wearing. Okay. Nancy does remark that it looks to be a civil war era uniform And inside the bag, they also find an article from about 50 years ago that talks about the hauntings at the inn. Very interesting. So it seems definitely like whoever was doing this was trying to replicate that haunting from years ago. But why? In an effort to sabotage the wedding? Um, And then when that didn't work, they decided to, like, step it up and steal the rings? Maybe. Maybe. But then who would have known about this haunting and had access to this article? And this is when Nancy realizes that Alicia studied history and, in fact, worked at the nearby Historical Society. So they decide to make a visit over there tomorrow morning before the wedding. Because we are now, like, on a serious clock to get these rings back before this wedding. I mean, the wedding can't go on without the rings, right? Right, Right, of course. (laughs) Deadline. So our three heroines go there the next morning bright and early. It's a large building, and when they walk inside, it does seem to be empty, um, including the reception desk. There's nobody there, but the building was open, so weird. Um, They decide to split up and search for anything related to Alicia or the Gray Fox Inn. Um, Nancy, who has gone off on her own, um, finds her way to the records room and is about to open a file that she finds on the Gray Fox Inn when Reggie bursts into the records room and asks what she's doing. Bess and George um, also make their way there. Um, I guess I don't. they might have heard Nancy shriek or something when she was startled by Reggie. Um, and Nancy explains the whole story to him and apologizes for sneaking around, but they have to find info about Alicia because she explains, like, the rings are missing, all of this, right? This is um, very convenient that it's Reggie that finds them and not I know. literally anyone else. <laughs> or Alicia, right? Right. Oh, gosh. Um, he tells them, no way is Alicia responsible. I know Alicia. We work together here at the Historical Society, and that's actually why he's here. He had to finish like a work thing this morning. Um, and Alicia would never do anything to jeopardize her career. Um Also, she backed off Parker a long time ago as soon as she saw how happy Parker and Charlotte were together. Plus, he tells us, after the rehearsal dinner, she and him went driving around together Mm -hmm. um, and didn't get back until after the rings were discovered stolen. So she has an alibi because she was with Reggie. Mm. Driving around together. What a euphemism. Uh Um... (laughs) Nancy's like, okay, thanks for your help. And she goes to put the file back that she dropped on the end. But as she does, she skims through it. And as she does, she notices this deed of sale to its current owner. And then also a bunch of articles that talk about all these different, like, things that have happened um, to the inn In the past decade, there was, like, hurricane damage, flooding, electrical problems and stuff. And she realizes that because of, like, all of these issues, that the inn must be in deep financial trouble. I don't know how she knows this. <laughs> she doesn't know the um, financial status of the owner, but she just makes this assumption and gets this idea. And now that all of these hauntings have started back up again, 
right when all these wealthy guests are staying at the inn. She has a thought. So they all head back to the inn because Nancy says, I think I know what's going on. I need to speak with someone. Of course, she doesn't tell us who, but. Classic. <laughs> um, and back at the end, Nancy runs up to the desk where Annabelle the maid is, and she asks, where is he? Without specifying who she's asking for. <laughs> um, Annabelle seems to think that she's talking about a man named Salazar and that she knew that someone would come for him eventually. Hmm. What? <laughs> huh the okay all right but nancy just like brushes past this for some reason like she doesn't even be like wait what are you talking about she says no no i'm not looking for him i'm actually looking for the owner john william and annabelle's like oh okay he's in the back garden <laughs> <laughs> nancy come <Okay>. on <laughs> come on nancy take a hint um so Nancy, they all go out there, and Nancy tells Bess and George to, like, hang back as she approaches John William because she doesn't want to spook him. Um, and as he's, like, spreading fertilizer into the garden beds, which is ash fertilizer, by mm. the way, she notices, oh, that's the same ash that was tracked into the rooms. Okay. Nancy confronts him and tells him that she thinks that he's been sneaking into rooms dressed as a Civil War ghost to drum up business. Um, and then she can tell just by his reaction and the look on his face that he is guilty of this. Um, but he begs her, tells her, I didn't mean any harm. I just wanted my business to be successful. And having all these famous news people here seemed like a perfect opportunity for, you know, me to revive this story of the inn being haunted, get some publicity, get people to stay here. Right. But he swears up and down that he did not steal anything from these guests and does seem very shocked when Nancy mentions the stolen rings. Um, so, weird. Nancy thinks he's genuine about this, so it seems like we must have two different culprits. John William, who is just masquerading as a ghost, and then whoever is trying to sabotage the wedding. Nancy asks him if it's possible that anyone else knows about the secret passageways, and he says one night he did accidentally stumble inside of it and made, like, a noise, um, and he saw someone in a room turn on the light and then, like, approach the door to the secret passageway as if, like, they knew where the entrance was, like, as if they knew where that noise had come from. Um, and so he, like, left quickly. Um, but it seemed, oh yeah, he left quickly, but because he was in such a rush, he didn't notice or note which room that person was in. Um, and through the peephole, he could only make out the silhouette of the individual, which he says was a medium build man, likely someone young. Okay. So Nancy deduces this, well, then we know this must've been Tucker. He's our only suspect left. Um, because Reggie um had an alibi during the ring theft right i saw immediately so many flaws with this yeah i was like first of all nancy the only person telling you reggie has an alibi is reggie himself and you just thought alicia was the culprit also so couldn't reggie and alicia be working together also right. how is tucker the only other medium build man that you can think of here clearly <laughs> There Surely are, there are many other guests and even groomsmen. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, wow. Okay. But she is, you know, just absolutely locked on the idea that it's Tucker. 
Um, and Nancy, so after this conversation with John William, Nancy feels sympathy for him and agrees not to tell people, except she's going to tell Parker um, because she thinks Parker might actually be able to help him like reinvigorate his business. He, if he will do like a news story on mm -hmm. the end. Um, and also because that way is like to keep him in check because if Parker hears any more stories about hauntings, then the story will actually be about how he's faking hauntings at his end. Right. right. <laughs> that's pretty uh, clever, Nancy. It's a, yeah. it's a clever, that's a clever solution. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Nancy heads inside certain that this is Tucker ha having done all this. And now there is only five hours until the wedding. So pressure is on. We have to solve this and find these rings in five hours. Otherwise Charlotte and Parker can never be married. Obviously. <laughs> um, we do run into Parker downstairs and he's like, Hey Nancy, how's it going? And she's like, Don't worry, I'm getting very close. Um, you know, I think I think I know who did it, but I just can't say anything yet. And he's like, uh uh, not so fast. Who do you think did it? And she's like, Uh, Tucker. Sorry, but I think it's your friend Tucker. And he's like, Oh, that little so and so. I was, you know, <laughs> He told me we were good after the whole job thing went down. So, I, you know, I'm really shocked about this news. So Tucker was, um, they go confront Tucker and he's kind of gleeful about the knife thing when they ask him about it. Um, and he's like, you know, seeing this golden boy who everyone loves so much run into this sort of trouble. It was kind of an amusing moment for me. But what do you mean the rings are gone? That definitely, definitely was not me. Um, and Nancy decides that he's so genuinely shocked by this news that it could not have been him. But unfortunately, right as they are discussing the rings being missing, this is when Charlotte appears in the doorway. Um, they didn't realize that she was right behind them, so she overheard everything. And this is her learning that the rings were stolen. Um, and at this point, she's like, well, time to call off the wedding. Time to go <laughs> notify everyone. The wedding cannot go forward because the wings, rings are missing. <clears throat> Um, but when, when Charlotte comes in the room, Nancy notices her perfume. Um, we've actually smelled this perfume a few times before. Um, like when we first meet Charlotte, um, we do notice that she has a very distinct perfume on. Um, it's kind of, kind of a citrusy scent. So kind of weird. Nancy's just like, oh, what, you know, where have I smelled this? Like, what, you know, why is this so familiar to me? And Charlotte's like, oh, you know, it's just, um, a gift from my sister Piper as a wedding gift. It's her favorite scent. And she gave it to me to wear for my wedding day. Cause she liked it so much, whatever. And Nancy's like, oh, I knew who did it. Wonderful. Can I just say yes. really quickly that the whole time? No, actually. Well, we'll talk about this after, after we're done. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry. Continue. The second time that Nancy mentioned the scent, I was like, well, I know who did it already. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I did too, but I was wrong. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, all right. Interesting. I want to know what that what that was. Um, but she leads everyone and he um, heads over to Piper's room by herself. Of course, doesn't tell anyone where she's going. Classic Nancy. Um, but Piper answers the door and her room is a mess. Like everything is absolutely all over the place. Everything's destroyed. Um, like she's just like the trash cans are overflowing. There's dirty dishes everywhere. Um, her bridesmaid's dress is just like thrown in a corner and she's very clearly has, has been crying for like a while now. Like her face is all puffy. Um, and Piper tries to play it off as like, Oh, it's just an emotional time. Cause my baby sister's getting married. And I'm just, I'm so, this, these are happy tears. Don't worry about mm -hmm. it. And Nancy's like, 
Uh, right. Okay. So where are the rings then? This is when Piper admits everything. She opens up about this. She has been super jealous of her little sisters and since she first got engaged, um, she's not okay with her getting married before her. And so this was her motive for um, sabotaging this wedding. Piper explains that she's always been the beauty queen, the flirty one. Um, boys always appreciated her for for just like her looks. And then her little sister, who's this little nerd, like kind of <laughs> talks bad about her. Like, why would this, this bookish one um, get the guy before I did? And it's not even about well, the guy specifically. It's just, you know. I think it was a little bit more nuanced than that. I think so she was saying like that she felt like jealous of her little sister because, yeah, she was always more into boys than she was. But boys only ever saw her for her looks. And she well, felt yeah. jealous that Charlotte could have that kind of connection with a guy. And like she couldn't even though she's like seeking it so much, you know. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I think that's more what it was. Yeah. You found someone to care about you. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, we also <laughs> learn that she has not been dating Morgan for a long time. She actually met him at the Charlotte airport when she arrived. Oh my god. <laughs> um and Ooh. he's like, "Hey beautiful, why are you looking so upset?" <laughs> and- <laughs> And she's like, oh, it's my baby sister's wedding, and I'm here alone, and, uh, you know, guys only like me for my looks, and now my sister's just this, yeah, it's just this whole thing. And he's like, well, what if you bring me as your date, and you can, like, show everyone that you're doing so well, blah, blah, blah. Um, And also, I hope you prank her. (laughs) Okay. Um, and Nancy explains, oh, you know, I realized it was you when I smelled that, that knife, the gift that the knife came in because it, it had your perfume. And then Charlotte told me that the perfume was given to her by you. Um, and Piper's like, oh yeah, it's always like, it's just a habit whenever I wrap gifts, cause I am such a good gift wrapper. I spritz them with my perfume and maybe I shouldn't have done that. Oh my God. I shouldn't have left my signature on my crime, but okay. Um, <laughs> What um, an she, idiot. <laughs> she does start to say, though, um, you know, I realized that the knife thing was out of line and maybe this is getting out of hand and, you know, I should just let the wedding go on as planned. And I was really childish about this. I never wanted to actually hurt my sister. It was really just down to jealousy. Um, and Nancy's like, well, just give the rings back and we'll all be good. And Piper's like, uh, wait, why? Well, I don't have the rings. What are you talking about? And then who shows up in the doorway behind them but Morgan? Well, well, well. Just the two ladies I wanted to see. Oh (laughs) my god. And Nancy is like, huh, so you must be Mr. Salazar then, huh? He is apparently a con man who has hit the inn a few times before or like other places in the area a few times before. And that's why the maid recognized him. Um, but these rings have been publicized for like months and months and months before this wedding. It's been like a huge thing that there's fancy, expensive family heirloom rings that are going to be part of the ceremony. So Morgan has been plotting for months now of how to get himself into this wedding to steal the rings. Uh, Morgan is not his real name, by the way. He clarifies. Neither is Mr. Salazar. No, it's either. not. Yeah. He says yeah. that too. So we oh. never know his name. Right. <laughs> Love it. Uh, but then, you know, he hit the lottery when he just so happens to stumble upon Piper in the airport, which if he lives in Charlotte, why is he just hanging out at the airport? I don't know. Anyway. Maybe well, he's flying back. I don't know. 
Maybe. Maybe he doesn't even live in Charlotte. We don't know that for sure either. We don't even know his name. But He could have been flying in to try to get these rings somehow. That's true. Well, he finds Piper in the airport and he's like, well, this is my opportunity. I'm getting into that wedding. Uh, So he's like, yep, I'm guilty. I took the rings. I was, you know, just planning to go pawn them off and then I'm skipping town. And he locks the door so that no one gets out or no one can get out. And Piper at this moment kind of starts to realize what's going on and gets really upset that their whole whirlwind romance was not (laughs) not that. Oh, man. Um, And she gets like, I know. She starts to get, like, kind of inconsolable, and so Morgan is like, you know, just calm down. It's okay. Drink some water. You'll be fine. Um, and Nancy, while he's, like, turned around getting the water, Nancy, like, uses this as an excuse to make a break for the door. Um, but he grabs her, throws her back on the floor, and then, like, you know, relocks the door so that she can't get over there. And then Nancy sees Piper starting to, like, pass out. This is, oh, this is so scary. And this Nancy's, is like, terrifying. What did you do to her? And he's like, oh, I just, you know, gave her a little something, something in her water so that she would relax a little bit while I deal with you. Because there's no way I can deal with both of you at the same time. (sighs) And then gets out some zip ties and ties Nancy up and gags her. (gasps) Um, And is like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take the secret passageways um, because there's like one door in the passageway that leads out into um, the owner's office. And that owner's office has like a side door that just goes out to the parking lot. And so he's telling Nancy what we're going to do is, you know, we're going to go out the passageway, go out to the parking lot. You're going to get in the trunk of my car. I'm going to come back for Piper and then I'm going to dispose of y'all and then go sell these rings and be on my way. Oh my gosh. Shit. This just got so real in such a big way. Yeah. Horrifying. I have never, I don't think ever in the history of Nancy Drew books have we ever had this kind of interaction with a villain. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Never so much threat of physical harm. Like, feels like uh, the end of Stay Tuned for Danger, the book. Yes. uh, mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Very, very. But the zip, the zip ties. Uh huh. Uh huh. Horrifying. Yeah. And like the way he throws Nancy onto the floor. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just like grab her to stop her. He like yeets her to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And then drugs Piper as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Scary. So scary. Scary, scary, scary. Scary, scary, scary. Yikes. So Nancy is trying her best to think quickly on her feet. She is kind of very, very slowly shuffling her way down the passageway. Um, he's, you know, of course, jabbing her in the back, trying like, go faster, let's go, let's get in the car. And she's just like, okay, well, this is my last chance to, to do something to get help. Otherwise, it's going to be too late. Um, and so she, she kind of braces herself, throws herself on the floor. She can't scream, obviously, because she's gagged, but she is able to fake like passing out. And he, um, you know, he like bends over to get her and she very, very quickly kicks him in the crotch. Um, so yeah. he's <laughs> her legs right up there. Yeah. Nancy's like, if Nancy. I can't scream, at least he can. So she makes yeah. him scream pretty loud. Um, just so happens we are in the passageway in the like right on the other side of where the secret entrance to the bridal suite is. Um, and it happens to be uh, Parker, Charlotte, Bess, and George are all in the bri- bridal suite. Um, so they come running into the secret passageway. 
figure out what's going on. Parker removes Nancy's gag and they, you know, they check Morgan's pockets. He has the ring. Um, and Parker actually punches him really hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Parker. Yeah. Punches him and is like, you're uninvited now. Such a funny moment. <laughs> Such a funny moment. He's like, Wah! you're uninvited to the wedding. Um, Charlotte calls the police and she is super happy because the rings have been found so she can marry her fiance. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, so a little bit later, the girls are getting ready with Charlotte and Piper comes in and she's, you know, I'm so sorry. And, you know, if you never want to speak to me again, I totally understand. I just wanted to apologize. And Charlotte's like, no, I can't not have my sister there with me on the big day. And I, what you did was wrong. But, you know, my it's sister's fine. just an idiot. She's just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I forgive you. And I just I need you to be there with me. And so they have this big, happy family hug. And everyone is better now. Yeah final chapter um we get to enjoy the wedding and the reception everything goes really well charlotte ended up getting the white flowers instead of the yellow ones everything seems to be pretty pretty hunky-dory even george gets a little tearful um Bess looks beautiful in her her peachy bridesmaid's dress tucker kind of forces nancy to dance with him at the reception which is weird <laughs> um yeah, but then um, Piper comes over at the end when they're about to do the cake pull with the the charms and the charm cake. Um, Piper comes over and is like, Nancy, as a thank you for saving my life and for um, saving the wedding, I want you to pull my charm for me. Um, so they go over and, of course, Maid of Honor gets the first pull, um, which not how I've done it. I've always done it. Everybody goes at the same time. Yeah, at but... the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I've never um, done it, but I've, I, know the, I know the concept. We right. all pull at the same time. Right. Because otherwise, um, you're just going to destroy the cake. Yeah. And yeah. So it's just, but <laughs> Charlotte goes over and is like, yeah, Nancy, pick your charm. And so she pulls a ribbon. She pulls it out. And her charm is an anchor. And Charlotte explains that this is supposed to signify adventure. Um, and is clearly a nod to the next book in the series, which is going to be Riverboat Roulette. Um, yeah. And we get a little, you know, flash forward preview of that for the next chapter. And that is the end. Yeah. Yay. Riverboat Roulette also takes place in um, South Carolina. It's like a continuation of this. I think oh. it's a totally different mystery, but they're still on this same vacation. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I like how yeah. they do that. That's really yeah. fun. Yeah. It's really fun. Because they were going to make it this whole like weekend. They flew out to South Carolina, so they were going to stay longer after the wedding anyway. And they, oh, they're going to gotcha. go on this riverboat tour. So that's what, yeah. Oh, that's fun. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I love it. Nice. Oh, okay. These books are so smart. I They're know. so smart. I appreciate so it so much. I think I appreciate it so much for the planning. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not that the other books weren't planned well, but it's just clearly you can see like the at this point in like the publishing, like we really have it down. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like oh, we yeah. really know we really know the best way to do this and they're just they're just lining them up and knocking them down. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is what works. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, okay. Okay. So I thought throughout this entire thing, I was so convinced that Charlotte was sabotaging her own wedding. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Interesting. I wanted it to be Charlotte so badly. Oh, my god. I gosh. wanted this to end with them breaking up and not getting married. Oh. Because... 
I would just from the very beginning, I was like, she's pale. She's nervous. Uh, she she clearly did not seem excited for the wedding. Mm-hmm. And then when the first thing that happens is that she is unconscious in her um, bridal oh. suite, I was like, she could have just on. been faking. <laughs> yeah. Because clearly her doctor uncle comes in and is like, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you smacked your head on the bedpost when you went down on the ground, you would at least have a massive bruise on your face right. or head or whatever. Like, she, I thought, I was like, she's trying to get this wedding sabotaged. Mm-hmm. So that she doesn't have to break it off. And I didn't know why. I was like, maybe they signed some kind of prenuptial agreement or so. I don't know. I don't know what. Yeah. But I was like, uh, something's weird here. And then but- I, when Morgan came into the picture, I was like, well, maybe she's got a thing going on with her sister's boyfriend. Oh, okay. Um, and so that's how I thought Morgan played into it. But that would have yeah. explained the like, well. I can't get married now. The rings yes. are gone. Like. So I, was like, I was like, there's nothing that's going to stop you from getting married unless you don't want to get married. You right. know what I mean? Oh. That was the thing. I was like, I just don't, I just don't buy it. Like if you really wanted to marry this guy, you would marry him. Yeah. Like if you, your whole thing is like, you don't care about all this big production or whatever. So why are you caring about it? About it? Hmm. Just marry him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that would, that's a really good theory. I like that. If I had written it, that's what it would have yeah. been, but. No, it was the um, Annabelle in the hallway not, uh, getting the name thing wrong and then well, the perfume yeah. after that. I was like, that's it. Like, as yeah, soon well, as that clearly, yellow box yeah. came, I was like. Yeah, mm, clearly yeah, I, knew that, I knew that Morgan was involved. I just didn't know in How? what capacity. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a good one. Oh, oh so fun. Yes. So, so fun. Ooh. Although now in retrospect of reading it, I do have an issue, I think, or okay. in re-going over it. I do think I have an issue. And that's with Nancy. And okay. I think that Nancy in this one was a little stupid. She does get off track a few times. She, it's like, and, let's and go explore bit, this. Not yeah, relevant. <laughs> a little bit one-tracked mind. Mm-hmm. And again, that, that just that's my biggest pet peeve in a Nancy portrayal is when she is too focused that she misses the details you know because that just doesn't that just doesn't feel right to me it just doesn't feel right to me and uh, like her whole thing about not catching what the maid had said and she she's like it's tucker it's or it's alicia no it's tucker no it's it's like nancy it doesn't feel right that nancy would zero in on someone and also the way that she responded when people would like say oh no this is definitely what's happening is like, Nancy, they could be lying to you. Right. Like, why are you, you just know that they're telling the truth. You just have this. I, I'm all for having Nancy who, to have, I'm all for a Nancy who has intuition. Mm-hmm. But when Nancy is just like, no, I know everything. Sincerity meter checks out. They're not lying. It's fine. It's like, ah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's annoying. I don't like that. But yeah. Okay, let's see. You wanted to talk about the the uniform. Yes, yes. I was so worried yeah. the moment I read it. I was like, the, well, actually, the very moment that I started, I was like, okay, Southern wedding. I was like, yeah. is it gonna be on a plantation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh no, yeah, are we are we gonna go? That. Are we gonna do plantation wedding? But it was not that, and so I was like, okay, you know, 
Yeah. Dodged that bullet. And then the ghost was in like a Civil War uniform. And I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> no, here we go. And then we dodged that bullet also. We didn't really talk about it. It wasn't about the ghost being a Civil War ghost. The ghost was just a mechanism. Right. Right. Which feels appropriate. The only real discussion is that um, John William, what's his name? Um, he's like, oh, I got the uh, costume from my cousin who's a collector of yeah. all these. It's like, dude. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Weird, 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 weird. Still weird. But they don't, I mean, besides that, they don't really mention it beyond no. that. So, Which is nice. It's refreshing. Refreshing mm. because not every Southern story has to be a story about racism. Um, although racism and racist history is very much entrenched in, you know, Southern history and Southern stories, it doesn't always have to be that. Right. Um, this is a wedding. So, yeah. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Okay, let's see. Um, oh, I will say, yeah, this, I think, I, so I really liked this book in like the the details that it put in, it felt like I was, when I was reading it, I knew exactly where I was and like what was going on and like yeah. day and all that stuff because of the descriptive language. It was just so beautiful. It was very beautifully was, written. Yeah. Um, and I feel like sometimes in other Nancy Drew books, you don't really get that specificity. Um, it's almost, sometimes the setting can be kind of amorphous and like, just kind of disconnected which isn't always a big deal mm -hmm. um because what you're trying to get is you're trying to get like the framework of the mystery and so sometimes it's fine um but I really appreciated that about this one um but I just do feel like Nancy just didn't seem very Nancy-like in this one in retrospect because also there was a moment when um when she was walking down the aisle for Charlotte where she said that like she didn't want people staring at her like yeah. she was like being like shy about it yeah I was like, that's so odd like nancy i mean like nancy doesn't just like take the spotlight for the spotlight's sake although occasionally in some iterations she does like when she sings opera oh yeah uh, captive witness <laughs> to distract the bad guys but um but typically <laughs> nancy isn't i mean nancy is at least not shy you know what mm. i mean like she'll she'll put herself out there for the good of the group or the good of the mystery, right? Yeah. Um. So I just felt like mm, it just doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel entirely on as Nancy, you know? Yeah. Whereas I think in um, Red Slippers, it definitely did. She yeah. definitely felt a hundred percent on brand, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any thoughts, Corey? Well, I believe last week you told me that this would make, in your opinion, an excellent mm. game. And I absolutely yes. agree. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to hear more about that. Well, I was just, when I was reading it, and as I started, like, thinking about, like, the Southern implications and everything, and about, like, you know, not talking about, it wasn't a plantation, not talking about the Civil War. Yeah. Right? I was like, this is everything that Ghost of Thornton Hall could have been. Yeah. If they had just capitalized like like they could have done this book with just the same amount of spookiness with the ghost and the family dynamics being yeah. weird and about money and everything and about like greedy corporations you could have done all of that yeah um as this have it you know been at an like it could have it could have been <laughs> 
even the victim's name is Charlotte. Like, yes, that's, well, that's exactly where I got that association. I was like, oh, okay. Charlotte's getting married in the South. I was like, what is this? <laughs> you know, like this just seems like a Ghost of Thornhall retelling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also very similar. Well, it, there's there's some similarities to Castle Malloy. So. Yeah, that's also what I thought of Castle Malloy as well. Sabotaged wedding. Yeah. You'd have to tweak it a little bit if it was going to be a game. So it didn't share so many similarities with both of those games. Right. But I think right. it would absolutely, like, I would love to explore the Gray Fox Inn. Imagine all the Ugh. secret passageways, the massive library that they have. Oh, my God. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then going to the historical society mm-hmm. as, like, another location. The yes. church is, like, a wedding venue. Uh-huh. Even the beach. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know oh, my gosh. Yeah. The game, yeah. But, like, you could... Oh, he could work it in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Or Definitely. maybe the riverboat. Maybe that's next. Like, yeah. No, yeah. I think in general, these diaries would make an excellent jumping off point for future games. So many of them, I feel like, are so good and just so, like, adaptable. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, you could do, you could just do so much. I, yeah. 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 It's a shame. I don't think that there are any that are. It's nope. based off of or inspired by a diary just because when did these start? Like 2013, 2014? Yeah, I think so. We haven't had a game since 2015, so. Right, right. Yeah, so sad. Listen, okay, what I want more than anything, what I want more than anything is I want a new game company to come in. Yeah. <laughs> and start making Nancy Drew games. And I think they should be these books. Yes. <laughs> So that would be so good. Mm-hmm. No shade to Her Interactive. I love Her Interactive. Her Interactive has made some excellent games. They have not made any games recently. Right. If they're not going to, they need to let it go. You know what I mean? Supposedly, supposedly, supposedly. I know. With the trademark, they have six months to announce something. Black Keys or Clue of the Black Keys or something? Mystery or seven of the Black Keys? keys? Seven Keys. Se- something? Seven Keys. Seven Keys? keys? Yes. Yeah. It's Clue of the Black Keys is a book. Mystery right. of the Seven Keys. Is Mystery the of the Seven Keys. Supposed yeah. title of this game. Yeah. Or series, possibly. I've seen a lot of rumors saying that they think oh. it's a series of seven games. Where you okay. Get, like a key per game or something. I don't know. That could be interesting. It could be. But could that would be involve really <laughs> making seven games, which her and right. is not uh, Can they doing keep anytime that up? soon. Right. 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 Hmm. Also, are they just going to be, like, exactly like Midnight in Salem and basically be probably unplayable? Are they even going to be Nancy Drew games? Because there's no... Yeah. I mean, we can assume that. We can hope that. But there's no precise reason to mm-hmm. think that, you know, it's not, like, definitive. Yeah. They've said that. So. Mm. No, but I read something. I don't know if I saw this on Reddit or not. But I read something that if they don't use the trademark in six months that it's it expires so like they have to like Mm -hmm. put something out related to the trademark within six months so like we would have to hear something in six months time right they at least have to announce use of the title right they don't have to like i don't think they have to have the game out by then but they need to at least say we're putting this out Mm -hmm. so hopefully within six months we we might get a game announcement soon yeah that could be another five years before it's released after that (laughs) who knows but I mean, it's already been three years since Midnight in Salem because that was released. Has it really been that long? It was released the first week of December, wasn't it? 
of 2019, I, I think. I try not to think about it, to be honest. It was either November or December 2019. Yeah. It so. was going to be, I remember it was going to be fall, and then there was that big deal about the pre-orders, not, yeah. 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 It's supposed to be a Halloween game, and then they were like, how about December? Does that sound good? <laughs> Ugh. What a fail. Anyway. Anyway. We have a whole yeah, episode on that if you about? want the drama. <laughs> <laughs> um, adapting this into a game would be. Yes. Wonderful. Yeah. I think it, it would, would be, be a, a beautiful game. setting from the way that they describe mm. it. Probably just because they describe it so well. I'm like, I want to go. <laughs> you could remaster like um, Castle Malloy with like some of these like Hallmark things. You know yeah. what I mean? I just feel like some of the um, plot of like the groomsmen and like more, we could get more bridesmaid stuff that I would appreciate. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like I, I said, know. I just wanted the book to be longer. In a game, you would get, you know, hours of exploration, and mm-hmm. it would just expand it a lot. Yeah. Nice. Mm. Which characters would you choose if you could have, like, four suspects? I don't think you need Parker. I think they could excuse Parker being there. Like, he's off on a news assignment, and he'll be here tomorrow. The groom? Yeah. Oh, yeah, probably. You're probably but you'd right. But you'd need Charlotte and need probably Charlotte. Alicia, Piper, Morgan. I don't know. Maybe you could combine... Morgan and Piper into maybe you could combine Tucker and Morgan that's true yeah that would work but then or oh my god (laughs) so what if nobody had ever met um Tucker before and he comes in he's like you know this groomsman of Parker but because Parker's not like he's like an old friend of Parker yeah but because Parker's not there nobody Nobody knows met him, him before. He's actually a con man there who is not oh. Tucker, but he's actually someone else. Oh, I like that. That yeah. would be a good, yeah. <laughs> there we go. We've got I'm a game right there already set up. Call us her. I think, Corey, I think we could make some very impressive outlines for some some games. Oh, I know we could. I know if we anyone could. is looking for, like, freelance work, <laughs> just hit us up. <laughs> Amelia Darnell, how are y'all doing? How's progress on that yeah. going? If you need any help, <laughs> yeah. we will be there. Hit us up. I doubt. I doubt they need help. They've got yeah. They're probably just fine. It seems they're just like, fine. <laughs> if y'all are not familiar with Amelia Darnell games, go check them out because they are what seems to be pretty close to to releasing a, a game that's inspired by the games that we know and love. And Lonnie's gonna voice Amelia, I believe. So. That'd be nice. Okay. Well, anything else? That's all I've got for this one. I really didn't take any notes or many I notes know. because I just liked it, was it just so solid. much. Yeah. yeah, it was good. Um, let me see if there's anything else. Not really. Yeah, not really. Just a little shocked that a newscaster would be so famous to warrant. <laughs> that was yeah. That was interesting. About his wedding. <laughs> it's like. Duh. Um, I guess he must be really attractive or something. Unless it's like a national news broadcast. I can't imagine that. Like, think about your local news station. Do you know anything about the personalities that are? Absolutely not. I can't even, I mean, like, like, I think of like the only newscasters I know are from like 20 years ago. Like like Dan Rather or something. (laughs) Even if Dan Rather got married, like, today, I would be like, who cares? Why? 
Congrats to them. Follow whatever. His <laughs> wedding. You know what I mean? Weird. Yeah. Yeah. So he must be like some kind of he I he's gotta be very attractive. I bet yeah. that's what it is. He's gotta be very <laughs> oh attractive. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. All right. Well, let's see. Flashlight score. Oh. Hmm. I think I would give it four and a half. Okay, I was gonna say four, four and a half as well. Yeah. Four and a half, yeah. Maybe four point two five. Flash it's solid. Yeah. Okay. That's four fine. and a quarter. Four and a quarter yeah. flashlight. Yeah. That works. Four and a quarter. I like it. I really enjoyed it, but I think Nancy didn't feel like Nancy. And I think that that's a pretty big critique. Yeah. yeah. No, that's good. That works. Okay. Well, then, Corey, do you want to tell them what we're going to be covering next? Well, for our next episode, we are actually going to do a two-parter because we have a little book called A Nancy Drew Christmas picked out. Um, and it is quite long. It's like double the length of a normal Nancy Drew book. So we are going to actually split it into two episodes. So episode, um, what is that going to be? 47 and 48. Um, yes. Will be yes. about a Nancy Drew Christmas. It is 340 pages. <laughs> okay. So significantly longer than a normal yep. book. Mm-hmm. So we yep. will tackle it, but in two parts. But I'm very excited because hopefully it will get us in a very festive mood for yes. winter. Yeah. Christmas cheer. Spread the Christmas cheer around for all of you to hear. I'm very excited as well. I honestly have no idea what this is about except for what I read on the back. And I know Carson's going to be in it. Oh, yay. Carson's okay. well, going to be in it. Well, he has to be. I hope he and Hannah are in it. Oh. Yeah, I don't think so. I think. I don't think Hannah's in it. But. Oh, that's a shame. You know. I think Hannah should be there. Whatever. Yeah. That's fine. We'll see. We'll see, though. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong. But, yeah, we will see. Um, and we will see y'all next time yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> so join us for a Nancy Drew Christmas. <laughs> Happy holidays, all. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. If you like this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at RegularNancyDrew and Twitter at RegularND. You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $3 level vote on upcoming episode topics and get exclusive access to our Scoop Sesh series. And all patrons receive early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to all you regular Drews out there, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening.